0: Welcome to episode 37 of the redeeming productivity show. This is the podcast that helps Christians get more done and get it done like Christians. And I'm your host, Reagan Rose. This week's episode is brought to you by words of hope. Words of hope is a daily devotional podcast. Each episode brings you a word of comfort and hope based on a passage of scripture with a thoughtful reflection. And in only five minutes each, you can listen anytime or anywhere. Words of Hope is available wherever you get your podcasts. Well, this week I am delighted to have as a guest on my show, my friend, James Parker. James and I got to know each other actually through the podcast and we're both local. And James is a great guy with tons of productivity insights uh, for believers. Uh, James has assisted in planting a local church. He's trained pastors domestically and across several African countries in gospel-centered mercy ministry. He currently serves as a deacon and small group leader at faith community church in Santa Clarita, California with his wife, Kimiko and four children. And vocationally James is an operations manager for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams in Santa Clarita, the cat and Paul real estate team. He assists leadership in creating and executing business priorities, creating, and improving models and systems and leveraging technology to free up the real estate agents to provide the highest level of service to their clients. Additionally, James is the owner of Parker Productivity Coaching, which helps people focus on and accomplish what matters most. You can connect with James at jamesmatthewparker.com. So let's welcome James to the show. Well, today I am joined by James Parker. James, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Well, James and I have kind of uh, gotten to know each other through the podcast. James was listening. We found out that we were both local and um, we have... A spawn, it spawned a friendship. So it's been fun getting to know you, James. And uh, we have such uh, kindred interests and stuff that I, I just thought it'd be awesome to have you on and talk a little bit about the productivity and especially as it relates to what you're doing. So maybe you could yeah. let our audience know what exactly is it that you do?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, likewise, it's been really fun and I'm looking forward to this conversation. Thanks for uh, putting together this podcast and put material out. So it's been a lot of fun. Um, So my, you know, what people would call my nine to five type job is I'm an operations manager for a real estate team here locally. And I work primarily on lots of projects. Um, So that could be around systems and tools and technology. Uh, But then I also help our leadership focus on priorities and really think through those and roles and responsibility and how the team dynamic works and how to best serve our clients. Um, I'm also uh, the owner of Parker Productivity Coaching. Um, and so that's been a lot of fun as well of really helping people get clarity on what matters most and then live in alignment with that and accomplish those things.
0: Now I know a big thing I've talked about before on, on here is the book, uh, The One Thing. And uh, I, you actually gave me a copy of it and I read it and loved it. And I know that that's part of what you do and part of what you utilize even in your, your coaching. So maybe you could tell us a little bit uh, about the one thing
1: and, and what it is exactly. Sure, um, so yes, um, the one thing has been uh, significantly impactful for me. And like a lot of, t- a lot of people I- I've talked to in the past like getting things done was kind of that for a lot of people in the past. And it was really helpful for them to get clarity on how to think about productivity in a different way than maybe they had in the past. And so this book, the one thing has been kind of that book for me. I'm actually right now in the process of getting certified as a one thing coach. So it's it's really been that impactful that I felt like it'd be really cool to be um, well-versed to be able to help other people in the way that I've been helped. So the, the summarizing of the one thing would be really how to set and execute priorities. Um, so it's not thinking about specifically productivity for just productivity's sake, but it's actually more shifting the focus to priorities and how do you set priorities and how do you execute on priorities? And so really the premise is, is that since we're all limited, we can't know everything, we can't do everything, we can't have everything, since all that's true, we need a model for how to decide on what to do next. Um, your listeners are probably familiar with the 80/20 principle, but if not, the idea is is that 80% of your results come from only 20% of the input. And so, you know, we see this all the time. Um, it, it's just it's a it's a principle. It's like a law. Um, it was developed by. Um, Vilfredo Pareto I believe in Italy and he kind of discovered it and then it's been extrapolated and people have written on it in the past and so the idea that you know for example a church environment we know that 20 percent of the input producing 80 percent of the results we can kind of see that across different areas in the church one of the biggest is obviously the pastor's preaching um the pastor's preaching has a huge impact on what kind of people are drawn to that kind of teaching and drawn to that culture created by that teaching. If it's a deep theological teaching or not, that's going to draw a specific type of a person. And that type of preaching will also develop the people in their congregation, whether they become good, strong, mature believers or not, is strongly impacted by that pastor and their ability to preach and lead and teach. Um, and so the 20% that you get produces 80% of the results of like how well discipleship is going on, how well evangelism is happening, how well service is going on. Um, A lot of times we hear, you know, 20% of the people are giving 80% of the funds or 20% of the people are putting 80% of the volunteer hours into a church. And so, you know, whether you're in the church environment or in a secular environment and 20% of the kids in a classroom are creating 80% of the problems. You know, we just, we see that principle everywhere. And so the one thing is taking that idea of like, okay, some things matter more than others and there's a priority there. How do we go about deciding what is the priority? And the book focuses on one question, which you had kind of alluded to a few episodes before it's called the focusing question and the focusing question is the what is the one thing i can do such that by doing it everything else is easier or unnecessary and the reason the question is so helpful is it really helps me figure out what are my highest priorities what do i say yes to um, and what what would give me the confidence to say no to other good things that might not be the highest priority um, and, and actually could become distractions, even if they're good things. So um, the best way that I can tell a listener who's not like, have read the book and engaged with the book is to think about dominoes. I actually, um, if, you're, if you're watching on video right now, I have it on my shirt. Um, if you think about dominoes, you line dominoes up in a specific order and then you knock the first one down and it starts knocking the ones behind it down. So the, the idea is, is that dominoes are typically a linear progression, meaning that they just one right after the other. Um, the way that the one thing helps use the dominoes is actually this idea that one domino can actually knock a domino 50% larger over. And so if you started at a two inch domino, the uh, 18th domino would knock over the tower of Pisa, The 23rd domino would knock over the Eiffel Tower. The 31st domino would be above Mount Everest and the 57th domino would reach the distance of the moon. Um, And so the idea is is that if we can actually align our priorities properly, that lead domino, even though it might only be two inches, could actually have significant impact on the rest of what uh, what we're trying to accomplish um, in our lives. So that's kind of what the focusing question does is really help you work your way all the way down to the lead domino so that you can focus your attention and energy on one domino. And then once you knock that down, everything behind it is either already fallen down or it's much easier to knock down. So that's the idea. I would highly recommend the book.
0: Yeah. And I, I would echo that. It is, it's gotta be top three for me of productivity books. It's incredible. And, and like you said you know getting things done shows you how to like manage your day to day of tasks but the one thing helps you to pull out of all that sea of priorities that you that or possible things you could do is figure out what's the most important next thing to do and it it, it really is um, you know people say life changing but it is life changing it is absolutely
1: one thing you just said there that i think is super helpful is you're trying to figure out what to pull out of all the things you could do And the reason why I feel like our generation, this is super helpful, is the options that we now have versus like 25 and 50 years ago is so much greater exponentially because of the internet and just because of all the connectivity that we have that our parents and grandparents, they didn't have very many choices on the channels they could watch or the books they could get from the library or the friends they could hang out with or the people they could connect with. Whereas now, those options are almost overwhelming that we just don't know what to do and don't know what to do well and then we just end up and you know doing things like being on social media for an hour or two um, because we're really not clear on what's most important and how to even gauge those things and make those decisions Um, so that's one of the things i've been thinking about and i'm not sure if that's right but that's a thought i had
0: no i do think i think it is a a unique uh problem for our generation and, and you know i i don't know if it was last episode or the one before where i was talking about urgency and like how there's just all these things demanding our attention there is yep. no other time in human history where there were so many bells and whistles and notifications and and things saying give me your attention give me your attention give me your attention and yep. it's very easy if we don't have priorities to be carried along by those things. And before you know it, your life ends up somewhere where you never planned it to be. And I'm not talking about like in the gutter or something like that, but there's no intentionality to where, where you're living when you let urgency carry you along. And I think what the one thing helps you to do is actually be intentional about, okay, where am I actually trying to get as a Christian? What am I trying to do? What am I trying to accomplish with this short life? And what is the, best next thing I can do to start to to get me there and actually have some some impact with this life instead of just kind of floating along and uh, I just think that's critical yeah uh, um, absolutely James what do you do exactly how do you like actually help people apply these principles because it's more than just like hey you should read this book like what you're doing with your consulting and your your coaching is you're actually helping people through that so what's that look like
1: Yeah, so the analogy I give my clients, and this works for me, but it may not work for the listeners, but I'm going to use it anyways, because it's helpful for me. Um, I think of if, if, so productivity, my definition of productivity is accomplishing that which matters most. And so it's not just like we were talking about just accomplishing things well or quickly or most efficiently. It's like, no, for me, it's accomplishing the things that matter most. And so if that's true, then what am I helping my clients do? One, it's identifying what I like to call their mountain or their mountain range that they're going to go hike for the rest of their life. And then the other one is like, I also want them to be a good hiker. And so I'll, I'll, be, I'll be working with clients and, and asking both aspects of that conversation of like, hey, sometimes I'll ask questions that are a little bit more long-term about your gifting and what your desires are and where you naturally are drawn to and and what that could look like long term um and and for a lot of people they're hiking to the right mountain range but they might just be on the wrong mountain and they might just need to shift and be like hey maybe teaching in a public school isn't isn't your thing right now but maybe it could be being a missionary and both of them are teaching it's a different mountain within the same range of communicating and teaching and really helping people that's your mountain range, but the mountain might change. And so that gives people freedom to feel like they're not stuck and they're not climbing up, you know, they're not climbing a ladder. And once they get to the top, they realize it's been leaning, you know, against the wrong building the the whole time. Um, so that's one aspect. The other aspect that I really help them with is like, okay, how do you hike well in general, you know, when you're hiking, you got to figure out how do you, you know, tie your boots properly and how do you pitch a tent, how do you start a fire? Like those things are necessary no matter which mountain you're climbing. Um you need to know how to do those things. And so these are things like how do I set priorities and how do I think about um what I should be doing on a daily basis? How do I use my schedule? How do I create time blocks? How do I protect those time blocks? Um how do I Protect my time off. Like all of those things are super important, no matter which mountain you're climbing or what mountain range you're headed. Um, And so, those are kind of the things that we we dive into on a on a weekly basis.
0: James, as a Christian, does it concern you at all, like that the principles that you're using and help people to apply to their lives that they're extra biblical, like they're not coming from the Bible? Um, You know, we talk a lot on this podcast about the sufficiency of Scripture and that. The Word of God does equip us for how we live our lives, so is there is there any contradiction that you see between the the methods that you're helping people to apply and what the Bible says about
1: life? yeah, that's a fantastic question. I think about that often um, i actually i think for for me one of the one of the most important things is anything I consume, whether it has verses with it or not. Um, is really having that discernment and having that um, understanding that everything I'm reading could be man's wisdom and not God's wisdom. So um, I totally think about that. Um, and I think one of, of the ways that the principle that this book highlights is the idea of planning and prioritization. And um, I think we'll get into this maybe in a little bit about how Christians can benefit from the principles of the one thing, but maybe I'll I'll kind of bring those two together in this question. There is this, there's like two separate ideas in my mind. On the one hand, you're gonna prioritize what you value. And so what you value is determined by what's going on in your heart. Um, and so if it's not based on kingdom values, then how you prioritize and what you value is just going to put you further in the wrong direction. Um, now, on the other hand, the prioritization is, is also, there's a skill involved in that as well. And the analogy I like to use is, is, and you actually talked about it recently, on I think it was episode 36, where if you view technology as a form of wealth, Um, I like to view prioritization as also like a form of value and wealth and you can use prioritization and wealth and technology for good um, based on what's going on in your heart Um, or you're going to use technology and wealth and it's just going to amplify the evil in your heart and so these are tools it's tools right exactly so in the same way prioritization is happening it's just a matter of are you good at it, number one, as a skill? And number two, what's it revealing about what's actually going on in your heart and what God may be showing to you of like, wow, I don't prioritize kingdom values. And this is really helpful for me to see who I truly am and then take that to the cross and really engage at the deepest level possible of what God's trying to do. And so I actually think it's, it's, uh, it's, it's helpful diagnostics as well. Of when you go through the process you're like oh interesting um that's that's what i value that's good to know and and i can deal with that so that's kind of that's kind of one of the things that i talk about um a lot when i'm wrestling through this the other thing is is that there's a lot of verses and i just want to pull up a few of them that that i think about often and I'll just read like four quick verses. So Proverbs 15, 22 says, without counsel plans fail, but with many advisors they succeed. Proverbs 16:1 says, the plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. And then just a few verses later in verse nine of chapter 16, it says the heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. And then uh, chapter 19 verse 21 says many are the plans in the mind of a man but it's the purposes of the Lord that will stand and so I kind of grew up where I didn't plan at all like I just let life happen Um, and I almost did it under the excuse of like, well, God's in control, God's good, God's gonna like the right thing's gonna happen, obviously. Um, and it, it it allowed me wrongfully, I think, to just be very passive and very lazy when it come to stewarding well, my time, my energy, my focus, all of the things God's given to me for the good of others. Um, and instead of being intentional, just be like, eh, whatever happens today is what happens today. And obviously, that's God's will. And um, I just think that's a cop out. And I don't think it honors the Lord for myself. That's where I've landed. And so that's, that's another piece of it is like, God can't change, God can't change your plans, if you didn't even have any plans to begin with. And so a lot of times, we're just cutting off that first part of each of those verses be like, well, since he's gonna direct my steps, forget planning. Yeah. So, So um, anyways, that's, that's kind of how I think through it. But I'm sure I'm sure you've got great uh, perspective on that as well.
0: Yeah, so yep. I appreciated that. And I appreciate what you said too about like kind of the the fatalistic approach to life. Like I totally think that that was me too growing up is is kind of had a high view of the sovereignty of God and a low view of of what my responsibility was. And so yeah. it really was fatalism that, okay, if the Lord wants to do something with me, I'm right here. I'm on the couch. Just to tell me what to do, you know? But uh but not actually taking the steps to 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 make those plans and then let let the Lord obviously hold them with an open hand and let him direct your steps as you go. But
1: you Yeah, got a plan. and that's and that's huge too is like um, when I make my plans and I spend a lot of time on my plans and I've spent like hours thinking about it, it's really easy to want to hold on to those plans. And God's saying like, no, you've got to offer that with an open hand as a living sacrifice. And and you've got to, and, and when he takes it away, that's just revealing what's going on in my heart. Because um, it's much easier for God to take something out of you if you haven't really put any thought into it. But if you actually put like a lot of effort and thought and he takes it away, it's like, oh, okay. Um, like if you didn't have any plans during the time that we're in right now in the pandemic, if you had no plans, like it's like, eh, nothing, you know, whatever. But if like the most important family trip that you had been planning for like a year isn't going to happen, like that's a different tug on your heart than if you didn't make any plans to begin with. Um, so, and then the other thing is is like I see the eighty twenty principle is almost like the compound interest principle when you're talking about money. Like it's not like a, it's not like a good or bad. It's just a hey, this is how money works. Like if you invest it, you're going to get compound interest. This is how time works and priorities work. If you invest in the most important things, you're going to see 80% of the efforts from those those efforts that you put into it. Let's prioritize those efforts so that it's the most impact you can have for the kingdom and for the good of others.
0: Yeah, it's it's not a philosophy or religious position. It's simply, a, a it's like mathematics. It's a reality yeah. of life that you observe in every sphere. It's, it it exactly. just is generally true that 20% of the efforts produce 80% of the results. So how do we, yeah. knowing that's true, how do I leverage that as a Christian to make sure that that I'm stewarding my life well, the, the best of God's glory that I can. I yep. There's wisdom there, absolutely.
1: And then the last thing on this point, and I think it's super helpful, especially like if we think about wealth, um, we're, ty- we're typically thinking about money and you brought that helpful aspect where like, okay, cool, what if you thought of technology as also a version of wealth and how you steward that as well? Um, But what's interesting is, is if you think of like money and wealth, which a lot of people like that's their starting place. But then you when you when you talk them through like, hey, what's more valuable than wealth and money is realizing even if I had all the money in the world, if I don't have any time left, if my soul is required of me tonight, then then money and even the good I could do with the money doesn't matter anymore because I have no time. Um, and then for some people they might have time, but they're like bedridden or they're like they're just not doing well and they're they're not in a good place they have no vitality, they have no energy they're they're unable to do anything with the time that they have. And so even just having time isn't necessarily like okay, the most important thing I could steward is my energy and the the attention and all of that. So you go from energy and then you go like okay, but some people are all over the place. Like their energy, if you look at a six year old is all over the place, it's not focused. Um, Their energy is just scattered. And for some of us, our energy is all over the place as well. And when we go through the practice of prioritizing and taking our time and energy and actually focusing that on our priorities, I think it's really amazing the kind of quote unquote wealth that we can give to the world and add value to other people. When we're really focusing on the stuff that truly matters. And so that impacts our, our wife and our kids and our families and our churches and our communities and the lost like That matters to me. And so how we spend how we what we pay attention to is one of the most important payments. I think I make
0: um, we kind of dovetailed into this this question about how Christians can benefit from the principles of the one thing is there anything else you would add to that how is a christian listening to this and they're thinking okay i, I want to pick up this book these sound like things that would be helpful to me specifically as believers are there any other ways you can think of that that believers would uh, benefit
1: from it so the the focusing question um at its core is just a way to help you prioritize Um, but tweaking the focusing questions just slightly um, is is not just about what can i accomplish that'll make everything else easier or necessary but really for me i've been i've been constantly thinking about what will make my impact the 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 greatest it can be and so something being easier or unnecessary is a leverage question. And it's super helpful to maybe figure out where your impact can be greater, but I'm not thinking in dollars and cents. I'm thinking in impact because the stewardship for me is, is not a financial stewardship primarily. It's just a, God put me on this earth to have an impact for a purpose and the greater the impact that I can have for good. Awesome. And so that's kind of, that's kind of one of the things that, The focusing question has really helped me clarify is can I take these steps in prioritization so that my impact for the kingdom, for my family, for my legacy is that much greater than if I just winged it every day?
0: Hey, so shifting gears a little bit here um, and maybe towards a bit more of the personal side of stuff and and what you do and and how you kind of implement these things in the nitty gritty of day-to-day life how how exactly, like what process do you go through when you're setting goals and trying to keep up with them and make sure you're actually hitting those goals?
1: Yeah, great question. So this gets into the nerdy stuff, which we you and I both like as well. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so in the one thing, there's this process called goal setting to the now. And I think it's super helpful. Um, what you do is you take goal setting and now and then you take it in conjunction with this categorization of kind of like buckets and they have in the one thing seven circles you don't have to stick to the same seven circles but i think it's super helpful and the idea is that each of these buckets are buckets of your life that that um for most of us are going to be super important and so you may look at your whole life and be like, okay, what's the 80-20 principle for my whole life? And it's really these buckets. So the first bucket, and they kind of each build their foundation for the next bucket. The first bucket is our spiritual life. The second bucket would be our physical health, and then our personal life, and then key relationships, and then our job. And then maybe if we have a business, our business, and then finances as well. Those, Those seven buckets are typically going to hit a lot of the key areas that we're gonna be engaging with and wanna prioritize in. So if we take one of those buckets, so like for example, health, because I think a lot of people can resonate because everybody's tried something to to be healthier at some point in their life. So I think that resonates with people well. Um, If I'm trying to, uh, in that bucket of, of physical health, I'm trying to set a goal. So let's say I want to in five years I want to have a routine where every single day I'm doing some sort of exercise for 45 minutes a day. And that's what I want. So like in five years, if you looked at that year, you're like, yeah, like James has a habit and a routine of always exercising every single day because he knows that that healthy James can serve people better, including his family, including his job. Um, If that's important, then it's like, Using the focusing question, what's the one thing I can do in the next year that would put me on track for, you know, being healthier where I'm exercising for 45 minutes every day in five years. And so that one year answer might be something like, okay, if I'm exercising at least for five minutes every single day this year, that'll make it easier for me just to over time up that time to 45 minutes. It's like, great awesome goal and and this is such a condensed version of this because when you're answering the question you're going to probably come up with like four or five or six different options and then you get to look at those options you're like okay great which one of those five options is going to make the other four easier unnecessary and then that answer becomes your lead domino for the year so you might you might for the year be like okay well i could probably if i'm eating healthier uh, maybe if I'm sleeping better, like you're you're coming up with lots of different choices and you're like, great. What's the one thing you could do this year such that by doing it would make being on track for five-year goal easier and necessary. And then you realize, you know what? It's actually not uh, exercising for five minutes. It's actually me getting eight hours of sleep. It's like, awesome. You know, and maybe that's the clarity that they have today. And so great. Now it becomes, by the end of the year, I want to consistently be getting eight hours of sleep every single night. Okay. What is the one thing you can do this month, such that by doing it makes you being consistent, eight hours of sleep every single night, easier and necessary. And now you're like, wow, okay. And so you start listing out your things for the month. Um, I probably need to stop watching Netflix, you know, before I go to bed potentially, or set up some sort of, you know system that it just cuts it off and i can't watch anything after a specific period of time because usually that might be oh just one more episode one more episode um or it could be something as easy as um you know setting an alarm at nine o'clock at night so that you start your your evening routine and that's what you want to have established by the end of the month um and so now you're just you're you're listing out all the options to the answer of the focusing question and then you're looking at your options saying like okay of those options, what's the one thing I can do that would make the other three easier and necessary? Well, you know what, if I turn screen time on on my phone and force all of my apps to shut off at nine o'clock, that's going to make it easier for me to start my nighttime routine, get to bed by 10 o'clock and be up by 530, whatever it is for you. Awesome. So what's the one thing you can do this week, such that by doing it makes you following screen time and having your devices shut off like uh, well, this week, I probably need to research how screen time works. Maybe you have no clue. And, and again, this is an iOS, you know, uh, example, but I think people get it. Screen time limits you so that you can set it that at nine o'clock, it goes off and it doesn't come back on until seven in the morning. And so you literally your device is, is shutting off on you at some level. Um, so like, that's an example of how I use it. I don't know if that makes sense.
0: No, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I, I would just say with that just for our listeners like that is like so it's so um profound how simple it is that it just keeps narrowing 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 it down but i think that if 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 i'm like most people or if most people are like me with especially like with the exercise example what happens is you ask the vague question and then you come up with like 10 vague answers and that's where it ends so you say i want to get into shape when you know why all that you don't really think through that and then you say okay well i could get a gym membership i could you know i could go for a run every day i could i could walk with my wife or i could join crossfit and you know shake ropes for a couple hours a day yep uh and that's where you leave it at and so without any sort of actionable single next step to do you wonder why And next you know when next december rolls around you're thinking about uh new year's resolutions say well why didn't i get there because you yeah. didn't pick an actionable step, and even if you do, like you're saying, even if you said I'm going to join a gym, yeah, and you don't say, well, what am I going to do this week to join a gym? Like, I, am yeah. I going to I'm going to call five gyms or something? If you don't ask that question, then it goes off for another week, another week, another week, and it never gets done. And yep. I just think, like, for me, this is that it's been one of the most profound um, aspects of the one thing that I've implemented and and seen immediate results in in many many areas, even with the production of this podcast and the blog and stuff is yeah. there's always a hundred things I could do a hundred articles I could write on or, or, you know, trying to improve things, but what's the next thing I can, what's the best next thing to do and how, yeah. and what's the next step I can do to get to that next thing. So I, I just, yeah. that made, makes a ton of sense to me. And I just think it's such a critical um, uh, tool to have in your tool belt as someone who's seeking yeah. to, to steward their life well.
1: And, and if, if, if the listeners are anything like me and you want that perfect answer and you're like, all right, I'm not taking action until I know exactly what's the best next thing to do, which is a great goal to have. And I'm with you on that. Like, I want to do the best thing I could possibly do with my life, but God's giving you the clarity that you have today and the people that are around you that might help answer that question for you, but just take action on that like if if what the exercise we just did was research screen time like research screen time like figure out how it works and next week you'd be like you know what screen time isn't the right thing for me like that's not what's going to help me it's like awesome now you have more clarity today and so when you're doing that goal setting to the now you can take a different action and that that's totally fine um one of the examples i really like to use is um dr dr macarthur was was teaching about you know, he, he's had the habit of studying the Word of God for about 30 hours every single week since he basically left seminary. And that 80-20 principle, again, him studying for 30 hours has led to his preaching and the quality and the the material that has come out of that and the books that have come out of that and the people that want to be surrounded by that teaching and the leaders that were developed by that. And, and so, now you end up with this like, like really large impact that Dr. MacArthur has on the world, just because of one small domino of being diligent and undistracted, studying the word of God for 30 hours every single week. And it's just amazing what God can do if we prioritize the right things and, and allow ourselves to say no to like, there was a lot of good things Dr. MacArthur could have been doing with his time. Like he could have been in a, in a men's softball league for sure. Like, I'm sure he would have loved it too and maybe he was but like there's so many good things he could have been doing and and if you're a pastor and you're really really good at helping people move but you don't prioritize studying the word of god and developing your elders and leaders like those are you're gonna you're gonna end up at two different places long term in your ministry so that's why it's like the principle is so super simple and i'm almost like really like i'm i'm like telling people like this stuff like this is crazy But it truly is super clarifying, powerful, because if you have clarity on what to say yes to in your life, it is so much easier to say no to good things that just aren't in alignment with where you feel God's called you today to be doing. Um, So, yeah, that was that was another thing that I wanted to mention. And then the last thing is, is if you start at five years and be like, all right, I want to exercise every day for 45 minutes and you're like, okay, what's the one thing I can do today to be on track for that, you don't have an answer because that's really hard to figure out. And most people do that because they go try to work out day one for 45 minutes. And then day two, they try it for 40 minutes. And on day three, they try it for two minutes. On that day try, you know, day four, they're like, forget it. And it's because if they had goal set to the now, they realize, you know what, what is the one thing I can do? Right now, I have not shown a track record to get up and go exercise for 45 minutes. But what I can do is I can get my workout clothes on and just walk out. If I get my workout clothes on and walk out, that's a win. Like what if you just did that for the next 90 days? Would it make it easier or unnecessary to have to like work out for five minutes? Yeah, absolutely. And then 10 minutes and then 15 and then 45. So it's just, it's super powerful. And the book goes into a lot of those nuances that are really helpful for people to learn about habits and about why multitasking is a lie and about how you, how you learn to balance work-life, like all of those things are super helpful um, and might give a perspective that, that people haven't had before, so.
0: Hey, so right now we're recording this, we're in the middle of this whole quarantine COVID-19 thing. Uh, how has being um, you know, locked up, stuck at home, how's that affected your productivity?
1: Yeah, so um, I know we talked about this earlier, but I just wanna restate it. The definition that I have for productivity is accomplishing what matters most. So can I still do that in quarantine? Yes and no, like there's some things that I can't accomplish as easily or in the time frame I would love, love to, but I can still prioritize and I can still make meaningful progress on those priorities. And so, um, the quarantine has affected accomplishing what matters most, for sure. Um, but using the 80/20 principle, I've, I have I have I have told myself that the most important decision I can make every single day during this quarantine is getting up at 5:30 every morning, even though I don't have to. Like my commute's not as long. Um, there's you know there's there's a lot more flexibility because you know of, of just different things going on that I don't have to get up at 5:30. But me getting up at 5:30 makes exercising easier, makes my time with the Lord easier, makes my reading time for just personal development, makes me um, uh, available for helping with the kids earlier, um, figuring out like how I can serve my wife that day, uh, getting clear on what my priorities are for the day. you know, And sometimes when people think of priorities, like I'm not talking about like 10, 20, 30 priorities. I'm literally talking like for some days, I might just have one thing that i like that is my most important thing today and if i can accomplish that today that's a win so you know there may only be a few key things every single day that like i have to get that done and then i can check my emails and then i can work on that other project but i really need to work on that today to make progress toward the things that i planned again with an open hand because During this quarantine, especially like God's, God's been saying like, hey, so your plans? Nope, not my plans. Um, And that's, that's the dynamic. So yeah, during this quarantine, like if I can get up at 530 every day, that's what's made everything else easier for me. Um, Normalcy is, is huge. So yeah, I mean, and there's, and we could talk about little things that I've done too, that because of this environment, I've had to add in to really protect my focus and, and keep my time blocks um, from getting just bombarded with the distraction. Cause I got four kids here. Um, my wife, you know, stay at home. So, you know, we're all stay at home, but, uh, uh, my wife, you know, is, is having to now handle the kids being home when two of them were in school. So there's new dynamics there. Um, but yeah, I, I, I can get into any of those details.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. All the little adjustments everyone's having to make to try to keep themselves on track. I think yeah. what's one of the things I picked up on what you are saying too is sometimes it's not about the habit itself, but about what the habit enables you to do. Right? Like, there's there's no virtue specifically in getting up at five thirty that doesn't give you anything except for it. It provides kind of the on ramp for you to be able to to do the things that you want to be prioritizing. Yeah. And I think that's that's critical. The other thing I like too. And was one of the um, main takeaways for me from the book, and maybe this is a rudimentary takeaway, but literally, like you said, having one thing that you're trying to accomplish that day. You know, I'm a big taskless person. I, I use OmniFocus, you know, I've done, I've gone back and forth with Bullet Journal, all these different ways of managing tasks. And I always flag, I always flagged three say, so, okay, here's, here's like the whatever, here's the 10 things I want to do today. And then I'd flag three. And I thought, look at me prioritizing. I have three things I'm going to get done. The problem was I've been doing this for years. Rare is the day that I actually get all three of those things done. Like, it's just, you, we, we are terrible at estimating how long things take.
1: Yeah.
0: But one of the things I started doing after I finished the book was I said, okay, I have these things I want to try to do. Like, this is my ambition for the day. I know that it's not going to work out. It almost never does, but here's one that's non-negotiable and I'm going to do it first and I'm going to get this thing done. And if I get that done and nothing else for the day, that's a successful day in my books because it it was the one that I, that I prioritized. It was my, it was my one thing for the day. And I know that, you know, that's rudimentary application, but that has been like, Totally, like if I if I went back in time and kind of did like a, an analysis of all my days and looked at my to-do yeah. lists, I yeah. guarantee you that the summary of my priority tasks, the amount of, of them in a week that have gotten done by just choosing one to do each day instead of three is yep. way higher, way, way higher.
1: Yep. So what you just said reminded me of a passage from the book. And is it okay if I, if I just read a little bit?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So... He, he found 14 people that were key to the success of his business. That's, you know, that's what he he was working with a coach to get 14 key people in his organization. He has a real estate, the, the author is Gary Keller. He's the founder and CEO of the largest real estate company in the world. Um, and it's only about 40 years old. So, um, He says, I began working with our top people individually to build their careers and businesses. Out of habit, I would end our coaching calls with a recap of the handful of things they were agreeing to accomplish before our next session. Unfortunately, many would get most of them done, but not necessarily what mattered most. Results suffered, frustration followed. So in an effort to help them succeed, I started shortening my list. If you can just do three things this week, if you could just do two things this week, Finally, out of desperation, I went as small as I possibly could go and asked what's the one thing you can do this week, such that by doing it, everything else would be easier and necessary. And the most awesome thing happened. Results went through the roof. After this experience, I looked back at my success and failures and discovered an interesting pattern. Where I had huge success, I had narrowed my concentration to one thing and where my success varied, my focus had two, and that was kind of like the the light bulb that went on for him to to the concept of the one thing. But yeah, I love what you were sharing because it's so true for me too. Even yesterday, yesterday uh, in my calendar, I I write the top big rock at the top. There's a space for it in my calendar, and then I write you know some lesser priorities. And sure enough, I was like, uh, I didn't get the I didn't get the you know I didn't get number two done um thankfully i got number one done but it was like i got number three done uh but you know I, it was just a matter of i'm not working in order priority and it's it's a temptation for me all the time and so uh, i'm just i might be a little bit further along the path than some of the listeners in this specific area but there's so many areas that i'm way behind the path on the journey and so i'm in you know i'm learning every day and i'm having fun helping uh, people learn as well so
0: yeah, absolutely, and that's one of the things too. You don't arrive at any anything, you know. <laughs> like we, yeah, you, you, we're just constantly all trying to improve and get a little bit better every day, a little bit better with how we're steering yep. things. So exactly, it, yep, it's important to keep that in mind and and not get not beat yourself up or get frustrated, but just kind of take the lessons and keep and keep growing. Yeah. Um, so let's super nerd out here for a minute. What yeah. uh, what's in your productivity tool bag? Like what are your key pieces of, of hardware or, or, or notebooks or pens you like, or, um, or software? Like what's, what's your, your productivity toolkit?
1: Yeah. So this one, I totally feel like we could nerd out for a long time. Um, again, the goal that I'm trying to create around me is like these are helping me focus on what matters. And, and and keeping me from everything else. So uh, the hardware that I actually feel like is one of the most impactful things for me is my smartwatch. Um, so my Apple Watch is in my mind, it's almost like my personal assistant. Before when I had my phone and it would vibrate for everything from an email to a notification, whatever it was, it, it's almost like I had an assistant and every single time something happened, she'd run into the room and be like, hey, you got an email or like, and then leave and then come back and be like, hey, someone's standing in front. It's like, you know, it's like, okay, some of those things I want to know about some of those things I don't. What was great about the Apple Watch is I knew that if it was like a person that I wanted to be able to make sure I was able to engage with, or, you know, and that could be a calendar event that I needed to show up at, um, or a text message or a phone call. That was the only thing that was getting to my wrist and making sure I didn't miss it. And so I can put my iPhone down. And I know that if it's buzzing, it's not one of those things. Um, and and if I've created a time block that I'm like, No, nope, I'm not going to, you know, I, I need to be as focused as possible. I'll just turn it on do not disturb for that time being. Um, and, and then, you know, really, nothing gets to my Apple Watch, unless, you know, obviously, you nerding out on these things, we have our ways of like, making sure, hey, call me twice if you really need me because it'll get through, you know, those kind of things. But yeah, my Apple Watch has been huge. Um, I'd say as weird as this sounds, the most important things that I own are actually the non-digital things. So I have a priority worksheet, um, which is based on the the one thing, it's called a 411. I have a one-page business plan, which is called a GPS. Um, I have a one-thing planner that I help keep my priorities intact every day. Um, I read from a, you know, a paper Bible, um, and I read from books as much as possible. And then I do have some notebooks that I I handwrite, but like that it's, it's nice to have something that, you know, you're not going to be distracted by anything else because that's the only, it, it has one purpose only. Um, I'm trying to think, those I would say are like the quote-unquote hardware. Like I have a I have a tablet that's super helpful for especially my coaching and me just thinking and brainstorming through things. Um, but I think that the apps are probably where I focus a lot of my attention on. How I set up my devices um, is super important. So I'll have to I'll have to send you a, a link to this. How I set up my home screen. And, and my second page on my iPhone is I try to be really intentional about that. So there's nothing on the front page that is going to notify me. Um, that is not like that. I haven't deemed as is important. So there's no social media. There's nothing like that on the front page um, at all. Um, And then on the second page, everything is in folders. So you have to go dig for it. And and what that usually does for me is I actually end up just searching for it, which means I'm intentionally going to find that app rather than just be like, how did I get on Facebook? Um, The other trick that I've done with my apps, and this is fairly new, but I've been doing it for a couple months now. I actually delete all of my social media apps when I'm done with it. So if I'm going on Facebook, I'll download the app, use it, and then delete the app. And if I can create just a little bit of friction between me and you know things like that that waste my time, um, I'm all for it. And it's you know typically we're on Wi-Fi anyway, so just re-downloading apps when you need them isn't like a major uh, hurdle. Um, but it's just been helpful because I have to be super intentional. I can't just go you know slip through or, or pull down type in, you know, Facebook It's like, no, I got to, I got to go to the app store. I got to re-download it. I got to sign in. Um, that's been super helpful. Um, I, a lot of clients when they go on vacation, I recommend that like, just delete the app o- off your phone. If you really want to post that picture, you can always put the app back on your phone, post it, and then get off. Um, so I'm trying to think Trello is an app that I use because In my mind, Trello is like dominoes and you're just rearranging the dominoes based upon the priorities for the day. What's also helpful about it is um, if you're thinking about the 80-20 principle, there's a lot of stuff in your life that's the 80% stuff. Like it still matters and you still wanna get it out of your head. So I'll put that into a Trello uh, board where it's just 80% items. And so if I'm done with my big rocks for the day, I'll just go look at that list and say like, okay, oh, right, I need to change that light bulb because if I don't, my wife can't see when, you know, when she's doing the laundry. It's like, that's helpful. Um, and, and then I can rank that in the day of, of what needs to get done. You know That's not important, but I need to capture it and I'll move it down on the list. So Trello has been super helpful for that. Um, and then I would say the last app that I find super helpful for me is Overcast. So Overcast is a podcast app. What's great about it is you can create um, priority lists so every single morning when I click on my like my morning commute um, or my morning workout, whatever podcast, if a new episodes come in on that podcast, that's going to be at the top no matter what. Um, so based on how I've prioritized, and that's really helpful for me because if I'm intentional about what I'm learning and who's talking to me and the people I surround myself in podcasts, I want it to be like no, I intentionally just didn't get stuck listening to, you know, 25 episodes of that one goofy podcast. It's like, no, every morning I'm listening to the same one, two, three podcasts, you know, and maybe a fourth because it comes out once a week. But um, yeah, that's that's been super helpful. I don't have to think about it. I just know that my, my podcasts are in order priority when I get in there. So.
0: And what about uh, with the tablet? I know I noticed that you know when we met before all the quarantine stuff happened and even as we've uh, met digitally via zoom calls sure. good notes five seems to be your uh, your place where you do your your illustrations and your um, your doodles to help explain concepts yeah is that more for teaching or for for personal use do you help do you flesh out things by drawing them out visually like with a whiteboard um, or how, how do you utilize that?
1: Yeah, so the whiteboard analogy is really helpful because I just love teaching and thinking with a marker in my hand. Um, And using the GoodNotes 5 is a much easier way to save and capture that information and look it up later than it would be to actually have a whiteboard um, or a notebook. Um, So yeah, like you said, it allows me to doodle, draw illustrations. One of the best features, and I go back to this this because this is really what I've been learning is prioritization is I can cut things and I can rearrange them. So as I'm brainstorming ideas of like, okay, what's the one thing I can do this week that would make that easier and necessary? I'm just listing them all out in GoodNotes 5 on the right-hand side. Once I have them there, then I can ask the question again and then start moving things in order of priority back to really where my list is so I can hit my goals. Um, That's what I've used for a lot. And I use that for my coaching, Um, but yeah, I do a lot of drawing. I've got lots of graphics and illustrations that I just, that's how my brain works is if I can visualize it on one page, then I feel like I've understood the concept at a level that maybe I can communicate it to somebody else and I can easily remember it. Um, so yeah, I've got, I've got too many folders for sure. And, uh, (laughs) The one negative for me is mentally, I actually see notebook pages like real notebook pages. I see it much easier in my brain, I like where it's located, where I would find it when I've had that conversation. Oh yeah, that's on the back page, or like, oh no, that's the one I earmarked. Um, so I I do get I do get frustrated sometimes when I cannot find what I've. I'm like, I know I drew something, but I don't know where it is, and I can't find it, and searching's not working. I can't recognize my crazy handwriting. Um, but overall, the benefits outweigh the cost. And so I do use that daily. Yeah.
0: Um, one of the things we were on a Zoom call uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think, and you were talking to me actually about the GPS thing, the the 135 and showing me how that works. And you were using GoodNotes. But I thought that this was a cool tip, maybe even for, for folks who are listening, that because I think a lot of people are doing Zoom calls right now. We were talking, I think we both had our laptops up. And so we were, we were like this, like we are right now we're on a zoom call and it's two of us. And then you called from your iPad and shared the screen on that with good notes. And you were explaining stuff, drawing it out on there, like a whiteboard and using, it has this great, uh, like laser pointer feature. And you were using that to like, basically talk through what you were trying to show me while we both could see each other on video. I just thought that was super cool. Um, it, Did someone else show you that or that just occurred to you? Because I think that'd be something uh, other folks who listen to this might want to use. Yeah,
1: I I don't know. I'm sure somebody else showed me. I have no original thoughts. So I'm pretty sure that was showed to me by somebody else. And I'm not going to do it now because I'll probably mess it up. (laughs) But um, yeah, so the process is is that... what you do is obviously like on my my tablet, I can get access to those Zoom links as well. So I can go to the email or the text message that it was sent to me. So in addition to it being on my computer and me being on screen and that not moving at all, I can also have the Zoom app on my device. I sign in as though I'm another user. So now a third person, quote unquote, joins the call. I make sure that video's not on. I make sure that audio is not on because you're going to get a horrible looping sound, you know, craziness. Um, but then, when I'm ready, I just hit the share button. Um, I re- it's uh, I think it's yeah. Let me just look real quick. Uh, it'll be too it'll be too long to look. So uh, I hit the share button, and then you can actually record your screen on the tablet, and then you can now have your tablet as the shared screen that's in front on the Zoom call. And so now you can do the things on your tablet and everybody can see it as the shared screen. So I've, yeah, I use that on all of my coaching calls. Um, So I think maybe I figured it out from necessity, Um, but that's been super helpful for sure. Yeah. I love it. And again, like I said, that's how I think. And so when I'm trying to explain something, it it just helps me have pen in hand and be be writing on something to um help me get my thoughts clear as well as maybe explain it in a way that makes more sense to the the viewer
0: yeah uh, it's, i i used it right after you you were doing it cuz you know i manage a team of uh of four guys um doing uh development work right for grace to you and it is that's been a lot of the challenges during not being present with each other is a lot of what we talk about and from a management perspective is concepts is okay, this thing needs to connect with this and that's going to do this and that's going to do this. You have to draw it out. And normally, you know, we have a whiteboard in one of the offices and we do it that way. But this has allowed me during our our meetings to be able to walk through things at a high level conceptual uh, idea area that just don't communicate very well through words. So yeah. yeah, I think that's and, a
1: great. Tip. And they have a whiteboard feature on Zoom app. I don't I don't love the features of it. So I just I just have it record my screen and then I swipe over on my tablet to my GoodNotes 5 because I just have a lot more options on that and and uh so each of them has its own benefit. I think the whiteboard you can actually like share and people other people can write on that same whiteboard. Um so it is different, but I've I've just really found that a helpful tool for sure. Why
0: why does it matter that a Christian seek to live a productive,
1: prioritized, focused life? Yeah, no, it's it's a fantastic question, and and I and again, I don't I don't want to beat this over the head, but I think it's super helpful. If productivity is accomplishing what matters most, then only really the Holy Spirit through the Word of God can tune our hearts to what's important to God, um, and therefore what matters most, and so. Um, You and I, we only have this moment right now. We only have today. Um, We're not promised anything else than just this conversation that we have right now. And if we don't have a way of deciding what's the most important thing to do in this moment and what's the most important thing to do today, and even if it's just one thing that's going to move you forward on that in a meaningful way, um, I just think we might be missing out on a better way to steward the time the energy and the attention that God's uh, given to us. So that's why I think it's important for a Christian, is is that's the daily battle of redeeming the time.
0: James, thanks so much for taking the time and, and joining us today. I, I'm, I've already benefited from our conversation today, as, as I do with all the conversations we have, and I'm sure our listeners have too. Um, how yeah. can people, if they want to keep up with what you're doing, how can they uh how can they get a hold of you? How can they follow you?
1: Yeah, so if you just go to jamesmatthewparker.com, uh you can connect with me that way.
0: Awesome. Any final words?
1: No, I just I want to thank you for the project you've been doing with Redeeming Productivity. Um the the idea that uh you know, people really are concerned about like, how do I manage my wealth and how do I deal with money and how do I budget well and all of those things. And those are super important, but there's very few people, I think, talking from a Christian perspective on how do I steward one of the most important resources that God's given to me, which is my time. And so I, I, I appreciate that about what you're doing and looking forward to continuing conversations in the weeks and months ahead. So thank you. Thanks, James. We'll talk with you soon.